sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Welcome to Sweet Delay Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How is everybody doing this week? I am doing great. And today is the epic, long-promised episode of Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I have the one and only Andrew on. What's up, buddy? Not much. You've been the only one who could resurrect me from the last few months. (laughs) I'm alive. One question. Where in the hell have you (laughs) been, sir? I have been dealing with life, as many of us probably have to do, but it's been crazy. I'm working like seven days a week now. I have four part-time jobs. Uh, it, it's been nuts. I've been trying to pay back student loans and insurance and cars and like, all that kind of stuff. So I really, it's been, I've been hard-pressed for time to do anything I really wanted to. So in other words, this is going to be our last episode for the next couple of years, basically. <laughs> no, well, I'm working seven days a week, but I think I figured out a, a schedule where I can actually juggle things that I want to do and I don't want to do, like work. So I got to have some fun in my life. So Cool. Well, I'm glad to have you back on, sir. I know we've, uh, we've planned on doing this uh, particular episode for quite a while. And only imagine if I would have waited for you, no shows ever would have gotten out. (laughs) This is why I don't have my own podcast and you do. Right, right. That's (laughs) true. Um, So um, I'm not sure if you – I'm not sure how caught up you are since you are so busy. I mean I've had Jason on, uh, which was super good times, and I've done a lot of episodes, and there's been a lot of news and stuff. So uh, what's the last episode you listened to of the show? Uh, it's been a long time since I've listened to any podcast, so whatever news you've done in recent weeks, I probably don't know about it. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, we will take care of that. Uh, yeah, let's... that's fine. I'll catch up quick. Yeah, let's go into movie and music news. Okay. We'll make the bed up straight. I always stay out late. I never take you out. Ask what you're all about. I always smell like smoke. Everything's just a joke. I never look at you when you come hear me sing. These are not all Tell me, please, what do I do? 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 Right. All right, sir. So here's what we're going to do for movie and music news this time. Uh, I'm not going to post any new movie and music news because I'm just going to talk to you about some of the old school stuff I talked about to kind of get your thoughts and opinions and all that other good stuff. Okay. Yep. Sounds like a plan. All right. So um, one of my – I had Jason on, which was totally awesome. We talked Buried. Um, That was Ryan Reynolds. I'm not sure if you ever got a chance to see that flick. Did you? No, I have not yet. Okay. So we had a really good time, but we spent like 45 minutes just talking. Uh, you know, that was the same day 
that uh, the Catwoman picture was posted. Yeah. Uh, day before that was um, Man of Steel poster was uh, or picture was out. Uh, just the, and then the Amazing Spider-Man trailer had hit um, the week before that, so it was real good, exciting superhero news. So, what is your overall thoughts from every from everything to this point in regards to how the suit is for Superman? What you think of Batman? All the pictures you've seen, just the whole hoopla. What are your thoughts? All right. Well, the Superman is. I think it looks great. The cape is really long, the S is more pronounced and larger, there's no red looking underwear thing, which for me, I'm not a comic book guy, so I'm not really coming in with those preconceived pictures in my head, so that looks good for me, because I know a lot of people do have problems with it. Right. Um, as long as, I think as long as like the boots are red, this way it kind of mixes up some color, Right. that's okay with me, so I think the Superman look is going to be awesome, and I just want to see it in action, that uh, promo picture that they sent us was really awesome. Yeah, it definitely was. Okay, um, so what about uh, Selena Kyle and Hathaway? The first promo picture with her on top of the bat pod, and then the next day was the stunt woman. Yeah. So I'm digging it. I'm, you know, like I said, I, this is Christopher Nolan here. He's only gonna give you just a little bit of taste. He's gonna confuse. He's gonna actually raise more questions, and he's gonna give you answers. Oh yeah. You know? And yeah. and you would think after the Dark Knight that people would give this guy all the leeway in the world <laughs> and believe in him, but they're like, oh no, she looks stupid. I'm gonna buy a pet. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. buy Fans a are relentless. Yeah. Yeah, they're stupid, basically. They're the same ones that uh, protest this crap are the same people that are the first ones in line to watch the movie. Right, so, you, st- you, st- you stole my thought. I was going to say, it's the same people who are complaining every single movie who are going to be complaining now. And, you've, and the ones who are just starting to complain, I think they just got to feel out a little bit of time and see what happens. Exactly. So I thought it looked okay. I mean, it, we know from past, from the last two movies, no one, and Inception, no one does very realistic gritty movies so i think we're not going to get right off the bat the exact way it looks in the comics it might have might take time to evolve throughout the movie right exactly uh what about the amazing spider-man trailer did you see that yeah i enjoyed that i was really reluctant to give it a shot in the beginning because i'm i've been one of those uh naysayers about how not about the movie coming out like it looks like a good movie from the get-go just it's just the fact that it's coming out so soon after the original trilogy yeah so it's kind of like where what are you doing hollywood why why remake like four what is it three or four years later exactly yeah it's like four yeah yeah four years later but you know what something like this where it's spider-man it's going to be a lot of digital it's going to be a lot of action it technology's evolved a lot in the last four years so i can forgive it for that and i do like the look of it so far yeah good deal so uh last time we talked we were talking about um movie grosses you know and who knew harry potter was gonna do (laughs) what it did last time we talked so obviously it's inevitable that harry potter is gonna be the number one movie of the year Um, i'm I'm pretty sure you didn't realize it was gonna be that ridiculous crazy um, i didn't i figured it might top a lot of the summer movies this year but i didn't know it would start climbing up the all-time charts like it did and now i think it's resting at number three yeah i know someone at work saw nine times in the theater 3d wow. all imax so how many times have you seen <laughs> i've seen it five and nice. i'm i figured i'm dedicated but i'm not but uh two of the times one was a one was a ticket that my friend bought for me and another one was a gift 
that a note that someone got for me after, when my birthday came around. So nice. I didn't. I it's. I would have seen it more, but it's. It gets expensive after a while, especially with the IMAX and 3D. So yeah, not like you're gonna be uh, throwing that review out there anytime soon, right? <laughs> well, I do want to get around to it, but like, but I'll let you know. It'll be around eventually. Right. I'll get to it. Sounds good. We got it. We definitely have to complete the uh, second to the first. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So, um, the contest, did you know that I have a contest going on? No, I did not. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, my original contest, I was at like, I was sitting at like 13 likes on the Facebook page and, uh, it was really making me mad. Cause I'm like, dude, I know I got at least 30 people listening to this show. I got to get more people on the Facebook page. So I decided I was going to do a DVD contest. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have 20 likes on your page, you can then change your username to, you know, facebook.com slash sweep the podcast right. instead of having to do the whole, you got to search for that kind of thing. Well, um, it slowly started to build up, you know, being on, uh, you know, Jason coming on was awesome. A lot of mm-hmm. people from, uh, the flicks, you know, show me to Winston, all those guys started to come over, which was awesome. It was slowly building up. So like I was getting one, two week. So finally when I hit 20, I was announcing like, Hey, great. I'll post the winner of the contest. And then I went to go change it and it said 25. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, you got to have 25 now. So I didn't want to go ahead and remove the contest. So I asked everybody, um, you know, I have like three or four people that pretty much talk about every thread that I have going on. And, right. uh, they're like, you know what? It's your contest. You no, know, it's free stuff. You know, just have people wait till we hit 25, but, uh, I'm just going to throw a video out there of, uh, you know, I'm going to put everybody's name, the first 20 people, I'm throwing in a hat. You guys are going to see me pick it out and, that way you'll know I'm not cheating or anything. <laughs> and then uh, the winner will basically – I'll contact you, give you a list of free movies, and then I'll do like a runner-up just in case I can't get a hold of the winner, that kind of thing. And then when I – I'll do like one for 30. When I get the 30, I'll do like yeah. another type of thing. So it's just another way of saying thank you, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of the contest I have going on. So after uh, – that's probably – the video is going to be posted before this episode ever hits. But awesome. – for those who haven't checked out the page or liked the page yet, they'll see the video and you can find out if you won or not. So it'll be good times. Great. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. So, all right, sir. I guess that uh, is going to be it. Uh, music news. Um, this was kind of a funny story. I was mentioning in the last episode how I believe it was China had these three artists where uh, their music is being banned because of like their lyrics and they didn't go through the certain channels to be approved. It was like yeah. Lady Gaga, uh, Katy Perry, which those two I, I understood. You know, Katy Perry is a lot cleaner than Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. But the one that made me laugh was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'm like, you know, if you don't like I don't want it that way, I want it that way. I'm like, you have no soul. I mean, everybody likes that song. It's like Bye 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 from NSYNC. Everybody flipping likes that song, even if you hate those guys. Yeah, they so are classics. I just thought it was hilarious that they're being banned. I'm like, the worst song they ever did is one song about a perspective of cheating on someone. Everything else is always love songs. So I'm like, how is that? You know, I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I didn't know if you had read that or not. It was on like Billboard magazines, like. Uh, no, that pain. sounds funny though. Yeah. Like, I guess they're picking up on innuendos that no one ever got in the last 20 years. I guess so. Kind of like <laughs> The Lion King, and you see sex in the air. That I've, yeah. I've never seen it, but that's what I've heard. Great, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, it so. is. All right, sir. So, are you ready to get into some Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, definitely. I've been waiting for a while. Sweet. Let's get into it. Bueller. Bueller. 
Oh, fine. What's this? What's his problem? He doesn't feel well. Bueller? My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. Nine times? Nine times. I'm taking the day off. Now get dressed and come on over. Whoa. Whoa, who said he's sick? Right! You're not dying. You just can't think of anything good to do. I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. When Cameron was in Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. Oh. The Spartos. What? Way. The Motorhead. Right! Geek. Hi, Jeannie. Shut up. Slut. We'll get together soon and we'll have lunch. Blood. Why don't you put your thumb up your butt? It's wasteoid. And your problem is you. Dweebies. Excuse me? Kids. Why don't you keep your opinions to yourself? They all adore him. People think she's a whore. They think he's a righteous dude. Harris Bueller, you're my hero. Drugs? This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Your father called. Rooney! Calm down! Your grandmother has just passed. Dead grandmother? Rooney, I don't have all day to bark at you, so I'm gonna make this short and sweet. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with I'll go. Do you have a kiss for daddy? So that's how it is in their family. Oh, uh, what country do you think this is? Are you suggesting that I'm not who I say I am? I'm suggesting that you leave before I have to get snooty. Snooty? Snotty. No, I'm not going anywhere. No, we like to be seated. Who's winning? The Bears. Snotty. We ate, we ate pancreas. You're going to call the police on me? Yes. Fine. As a matter of fact, I'll call them myself. Look, don't ask me to participate in your stupid crap if you don't like the way I do it. 4,000 restaurants in the downtown area. I picked the one my father goes to. The man could squash my nuts into oblivion and, and, and then, and then, you deliberately hurt my feelings. Well, do you know where she is? Do you know when she'll be back? Do you know anything? Here's where Cameron goes berserk. Thank I heard that you were feeling ill. Headache. Fever and a chill. I came to help restore your pluck, cause I'm the nurse who likes to. <laughs> Mr. Rooney in? No, I'm sorry, he's not. Can I help you? I seriously doubt it. Once he back. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Nice attitude. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. I recall Central Park in fall. How you tore your dress. What a mess. I am very cute. I am very alone. And I'm very protective of my body. I do not want it violated or killed, all right? Speaking of English! What are we going to do? The question isn't what are we going to do, the question is what aren't we going to do. Go piss up a flagpole. I'm sorry? You should be. Hey! 
Hey, hey, what if you need a favor someday from Ferris Bueller? Then where'll you be, huh? You heartless wench. I'd also like to add that I have my father's gun and a scorching case of herpes. <laughs> do you killed the car life moves pretty fast you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it tell me bear you still here it's over go home Alright, sir, so this is how we're going to do Ferris. This movie kicks so much ass, we're going to have to do it in three parts. We're going to have to do the beginning, talk about the beginning, then do the second part of the movie, and then finally the third. So I kind of do it as the beginning wakes up, the basically the whole start till the, the adventure starts. Yeah. So the second half is basically the adventure until you get to the um, where he has to escape home to you know to get home that's kind of how i look at it is the three parts would, would, would you agree with that or? yeah that works okay. for me all right cool so number one if the karate kid did not come out in the 80s this would hands down be my favorite 80s movie i flipping love this movie and for the majority of people that i talk to when i say name a classic 80 movies 80s movie this is usually the very first movie that pops up in someone's head this is true. Very, very true. <laughs> I mean, in my top five, I mean, I have The Karate Kid as number one, and the rest are all in, like new movies Batman Begins, you know, Dark Knight, Titanic, Armageddon, The Crow, all those movies. None of them are the 80s. But mm -hmm. if The Karate Kid wasn't there, Ferris Bueller's Day Off would be in the Karate Kid spot. So uh, this movie's excellent. So let's talk about the beginning. Um, we have Matthew. Roderick, who plays our main guy, Ferris Bueller, and what do you think of uh, what do you think of Ferris? Do you think he's a douchebag? Because I don't think he's a douchebag. I think he plays it pretty cool. No, he definitely is cool. He's a lovable character. He's kind of like stuck in the middle of coolness and nerddom at the same time. It kind of seems he's like every guy's every kid's kid type right. of guy. He's like he's the guy you want to be, but you're a little embarrassed to be at the same time. He just he does everything you want to. Right. Um, his sister uh, is played by Jennifer Grey, which yep. everybody's going to know her from uh, Dirty Dancing. And um, and what's classic about this is it's a John Hughes film. And John Hughes is basically like the flippin' Shakespeare of teenage movies. Uh, I mean, he's done so many classics, 16 Candles, you know, some kind of wonderful um say anything i mean just home alone i mean you name it the guy is flipping done the greatest you know breakfast club the greatest teenage movies there are i mean he's kind of the only one writer um that kind of got got especially in our era or yeah. my era or i mean your era too that totally got us you know mm -hmm. how we were feeling and you know what we wanted to see on screen and i'll tell you my favorite movie so far this year is Easy A. No okay. doubt about it. Uh, and I say that because Easy A is so much of a homage to the John Hughes films, but it's so new at the same time. I mean, number one, I love Emma Stone. She's excellent. But have you seen Easy A yet? Yeah, I saw it. What did you think? Of it, it? I I agree. It's like 
it definitely pays homage to like the old 80s movies it kind of deals with the adolescence but in a adult in more adult fashion but it still stays true to its childishness if you, mm-hmm. if you get what i mean so exactly yeah it has like this classic feel just between the music and all that kind of thing that the uh, the 80s movies definitely carried with them Right. Now, for those who have never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I don't know anybody who hasn't. I mean, even my nine-year-old has seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) But basically, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about a teenager who is trying to convince everybody that he's sick so he can skip school and go out on the you know go out in the town with his girlfriend and his best friend who his best friend is just uh, a very scared uh, insecure um, very sheltered person and he has his principal who knows he's up to no good but just can't prove it to try to prove that he is cutting class and uh, it's just of course it's called Ferris Bueller's Day Off so it's like a big old adventure that the man has so alright let's talk about the beginning of the film mm-hmm. so obviously this takes place in Illinois because every John Hughes film takes place in Illinois <laughs> nice house um, you know we get the whole Ferris is pretending to be sick Jennifer Grey comes in her name's Jenny and looks at Ferris and he's looks sounds like he's gonna die and just kind of winks at her and she knows he's up to no good now right off the bat you could tell that they have a very interesting relationship that she knows the kind of crap he's pulling and he knows that she knows but she would never tell her parents kind of thing yeah and um i really dig how he's able to pull off you know as he says this is the worst performance of my life and they never doubted it for a second (laughs) um absolutely absolutely hilarious uh what are your thoughts on the beginning of this film I, like I said, it's kind of like the uh, he does what everyone wants to do. You've always like wanted to fake being sick just so you could stay off from school. And then when your mom takes off, you have a day of adventure and just go out. So I loved it. Like it set up a great premise. And that, like I actually haven't seen it. Uh, I never saw it until I was little. Until I was older, I saw it maybe uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. So I never got to see it as a kid. But I know like if I was looking at it back when it came out and I was younger, I I would have like. I think I would have enjoyed it 10 times more because then I could have really related and wanted to do that even more. Right. One thing that this movie has going for it is the fact that it breaks the fourth wall and it breaks the fourth wall right from the beginning of the movie where uh, by doing that, it brings you inside of his adventure because Mm -hmm. throughout the film, he's constantly talking to you, the audience or he's winking at you just by a comment will be said and he'll look at the camera. But the whole movie he's narrating and talking to you, the audience member, which is why I think the movie is so effective. I mean a lot of things have broken the fourth wall, but this movie t- has taken it to a whole other level. It definitely succeeds in breaking the fourth wall because it can get very campy and cheesy, but this movie kind of knows what it is, so exactly. it, it uses it to its benefit. Yeah, I Definitely agree. Definitely good. Yeah. Um, of course, you know the way you know he breaks the fourth wall is uh, as soon as his parents, you know, he convinces his parents that uh, that he's, you know, he'll be fine, go to work, 
you know, Sissy flips him off because she knows he got away with it. <laughs> and he, he sits up and says they bought it. They play the cool MTV music in the background. He goes, worst performance in my career. And they never doubted for a second. He goes, how could I be, you know, how could I possibly think about going to school on a day like this? And you get the beautiful clouds and the sky. And that's when he starts to give you the rules about faking out the parents. And real, and of course, at the t- while he's tell- telling you these rules, he's setting up what's going to be later in the film, his room, where he's not going to, you know, in case anybody were to come home and check on him, he could have a fake mannequin pretend to be him. And you don't realize that until later on in the film when you're like, oh, that's what he was doing with the trophy <laughs> and the yep. string kind of thing. So right away, uh, Ferris is getting ready for the day you know by being in the shower and the whole time he's talking to you and about how this is his ninth sick day and if he was to call off again he'd have to barf up a lung and he better make this one count and uh real real good fun stuff um what's some of your favorite parts from the beginning of the film um well i just like like i said uh, earlier like when he's when he's uh pretending to be sick and the wink the whole thing but I just like when they uh, they're showing the whole thing at like the school, and they're waiting for him. they're like looking around for him, and Ben Stein's kind of like doing the whole like Bueller, Buell, like he's look he's taking attendance and he's announcing his name and he's not there. Uh huh. Kind of just it it made me laugh because you know exactly what he's doing and like you know these people are pretty clueless. Right, and of course we get the ever so lovely and beautiful Christy Swanson. Yeah. Who uh, after he says Bueller, like you know, and the funny thing is when he's going through everybody, uh, they all say here, here. Mm-hmm. You get to Adler, and the guy gives him an attitude here, and then uh, Ben Stein says Bueller like five times. And then Christy Swanson's like, um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend, brother's girlfriend, her from this guy <laughs> who knows this kid who's going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out of Thirty One Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. No problem whatsoever. Flip and love that. <laughs> Uh, absolutely hilarious it's such such an 80s dialogue (laughs) exactly it's an 80s dialogue but it works because it's funny you're like damn that was good stuff and uh it totally sets up for what you're gonna do so after ferris gets out of his shower and uh uh, he's actually before he calls his buddy cameron which you'll get introduced to he's actually calling people at school Yep. Which is absolutely hilarious because he uses a keyboard for his sound effects and stuff. And I absolutely love the scene where he's talking to somebody on the phone. And uh, he, of course he sounds like he's having a great day. He's perfectly healthy. But then he does these fake vomiting sounds. And um, I love it when he's playing the piano uh, of burping sounds. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely hilarious. And uh, – so after he calls the school, uh, you know, talks to a couple people, just messing around, he calls his friend Cameron. Now, Cameron, um, he is – he's good times. Cameron is played by Alan Ruck, and Alan Ruck is absolutely hilarious because now my wife, she thinks I look like this guy. <laughs> I, I don't see it, but that's one thing she said. I, I hate Ferris Bueller, but I love Cameron. That was always her thing. And she always said, you look like Alan Ruck. And I love Alan Ruck. He's hilarious. I mean, I saw him in Twister. And he's been in a lot of various things. But this is the movie that I associate him with. 
and uh, of course he's very depressed when Ferris calls him up. And the funny thing is when Ferris is calling him up, he's playing this like computer game. I mean, we're talking like some Commodore looking computers here, real crazy old yeah. school. I mean, it definitely doesn't age well. Uh, there's a lot of parts that age well with this film, and other parts that do not age well with this film. Yeah, there's like things like the cars and the houses that you could definitely tell are older. Yeah, uh, but I love how he's playing like this naked girl computer <laughs> game. And then on TV, when they play this on television, they put like a black box over it. It was absolutely hilarious. And uh, he's like, you know, Cameron, you know, come on and pick me up. He goes, I feel like total crap, Ferris. Of course, he doesn't say that. Yeah. He starts yeah. to sing this song about let my Cameron go. Absolutely hilarious. But uh, the cool thing is, is this is when Ferris is really talking to you about how, you know, Cameron doesn't, you know, doesn't snap out of it. He's going to go crazy and he's so tight. If you stuck a lump of coal up his rear end, yep. you have a diamond in two weeks, you know, absolutely hilarious. Um, but I really enjoy Cameron because he is really the glue of this film. And the reason why I say that is, is his character really develops a lot. I mean, for the most part, Ferris is Ferris from the beginning of the film until the end of the film. Mm-hmm. He, his character doesn't ever really grow, but you, you really like him. But Cameron definitely is the biggest character development in this film. Would you agree? Yeah, I kind of – I almost like him as, like more than I like Ferris just because he's like – he's even more – he's like that quintessential third wheel kind of guy. Right. And it seems like he, like he's just – like you said, he's the glue. He's kind of just like – he's more of a comic relief even more than Ferris because Ferris is more of like the protagonist of the movie kind of doing what he has to do. Right. And you have, uh, and you have him, Cameron, following her along and he – gets into his he has his little side storylines and his little depression thing the whole car thing later on we'll get to so right right yeah. good times yeah Definitely i mean enjoy him it should almost be called cameron's day off really yeah um, well ferris and cameron yeah right so <laughs> Fer- ferris basically forces him to you know if you don't do this i'm gonna stop being your friend he goes you've been saying that since the fifth grade and then of course um his dad calls, which immediately he goes into a sick voice which i find hilarious now the parents are kind of dumb, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely more dumber than the majority of parents uh, around this time period. But they're also likable. They're very, very likable. So Cameron finally decides to go pick up Ferris, and we get a real funny scene with him sitting in his car, and he <laughs> does the debating where he goes, he'll keep calling me, he'll keep calling me, he'll make me feel guilty. I'll just, you know, and then he starts to argue with himself and starts swearing and punching his car and hits the horn and he just starts screaming on top of his lungs. It's absolutely hilarious, but this is kind of where his depression is, you know, it really kicks in in the beginning and he's slowly getting out of it throughout the throughout the movie. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Cameron will go eventually see Ferris and the whole point of Cameron to come over is to get his girlfriend out of school. And the only way that he can do that is to have Cameron play the yeah. part of uh, Mr. <laughs> of George Peterson. Now, I have to say this is my favorite part of the film is the George Peterson scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot describe in words how funny this scene is. Um, I don't know, sir. What are your thoughts on the George Peterson scene? I think it's awesome. And when they're – yeah, anytime you have to like impersonate someone – 
else, especially like in this kind of movie, it's like two geeky guys trying to do it to get the girlfriend off. It's just hysterical. Absolutely. Like I said, like it, this movie's full of like classic 80s things. Like, I mean, they could do it now, but it just seems like such an 80s faux pas that they're pulling off in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I'm going to obviously, I'm going to play you guys the clip of this because it, it's just too funny to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Peterson? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think I owe you an apology, sir. Well, I should say you do. I, uh, I, I, I... Well, I think you should be sorry for sake. A family member dies... And you insult me. What the hell is the matter with you, anyway? Uh, 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 well, uh, I, I, I really don't know, sir. I mean, I, I, I didn't think I was talking to you. I, I thought I was talking to somebody else. You know, sir, that I would never deliberately insult you like that. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how embarrassed I am. Pardon my French, but you're an ass. What? Ass. Uh, you are absolutely right, sir. You've hit the nail right in the head. Find out where she is. This isn't over yet, Buster. Do you read me? Uh, loud and clear, Mr. Peterson. Call me sir, dammit. Yes, 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 sir, yes, sir. That's better. Well, you just mind your P's and Q's, Buster, and remember who you're dealing with. Okay, so yeah, that scene was absolutely hilarious. So, um, basically, Ferris needs to pick up his girlfriend. And um, his girlfriend is played by uh, Mia Sarah. And uh, the name of her character is Sloane Peterson. Yes. And uh, Mia Sarah is real funny. Uh, well, not funny, but she's real cutie. You know, I know her from uh, Time Cop of Van Damme. And the only way that they're going to be able to pick up Sloane is they need a car. And uh, Ferris doesn't want to use Cameron's car because Cameron's car is a piece of crap. He goes, well, it isn't a piece of crap. He goes, yeah, it is a piece of crap, but I have to admire yours, basically. And uh, the way they do that is is they got to go get... The dad's car, which is the classic Ferrari. Do you know the yeah. uh, the model? Oh, it's a 61 Ferrari 250 GT. That's what it is. Yeah, he, he, gets, he starts reciting it like it's the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, I love it when he goes, Ferris, you know, he knows the mileage. All he does is wipe it with a diaper. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of this car? The car looks amazing. I like it's super sport. Like I love sporty cars, and especially like being a vintage classic car. It's like, yeah, I could see like what reverence Cameron puts into this car, even if, like, obviously he's not really crazy about his dad at the moment, but like just respecting the car because of the car, like you could tell. Yeah, and the car obviously, well, not obviously, but the car will actually have a pretty big part in the yeah. film, which yep. is pretty cool. Um, so Ferris. Of course, uh, I'll you know, forces camera not really forces, but well, the funny thing about this whole scene is like Ferris kind of just antagonizes Cameron and he yeah. just kind of like walks around the car. He slides his finger off of it and he looks like he's like he gets ready. He does actually jump in, so it's funny because Cameron he never actually said like he says no, but you could tell he doesn't really mean it. Right. He never definitely says there's no way we're getting in my white car let's go like he just he kind of he's he, uh ferris knows how to play him exactly and but and cameron 
it's trying to live like Ferris, you know, to have the kind of courage that Ferris does, you know, mm-hmm. that endless courage, which yeah. that, that slowly starts to come to play. So, yeah, I hear you on that, that he says no, but really he, he's trying to say yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and of course he does, you know, uh, he goes along with it after Ferris slowly pulls the car out of the garage mm-hmm. and uh, and they Back take up. off. And, and I love the music that they play. You know, this, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't know if this is the movie that originally started because I mean, I've heard it in like K9 and I've heard it in, in numerous movies, but okay. I'm not sure if this is the movie that started that song. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I never heard it in anything else. But then again, you've probably you've definitely watched more older movies than I have where the, the song might have popped up. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not quite um, sure. But it's a nice touch, though. Yeah, it it's like it's funny because it, it's a very subtle song, but it definitely screams like beginning of an adventure, rebellion. <laughs> exactly, um, and this is really where the where the day I would say the day off really begins. Now I'm thinking theoretically, Ferris has wasted about a good two hours since yeah. the moment mm-hmm. he's woke up, uh, gotten ready, convinced Cameron to come over, you know, get the whole plot summary with the principal, and to get his to get his you know his girlfriend out of school mm-hmm. so uh school is what six hours seven mm-hmm. how, how long yeah, is it's high probably school? about probably about nine well you start early in high school it's so probably about eight to two thirty ish so it's probably about seven hours seven hours okay yeah. so roughly ferris is wasted you know, of course you don't go into this but theoretically i'm thinking he's wasted about two hours of this day so far so yeah um, well, I, I like that about his character because, act, like, I mean, obviously they're not going to have him jumping from scene to scene and he's in a rush and he wants to get what he has to do done. Like, it kind of shows his coolness and he's just doing what he needs to do to prepare and exactly. that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk about uh, about Sloan. Now, um, with the, the principal, uh, we haven't talked about him yet. Now, I really, really enjoy – this principal is uh, Jeffrey Jones, which I've talked about him before on Howard the Duck. Jeffrey Jones does an excellent, excellent job with Edward Rooney. Um, what are your thoughts on the principal here? Um, I ha- I've seen – he's one of those actors that I always see randomly in movies. And I'm like, hey, I've seen that guy. Like I think he was in um, Beetlejuice, right? He was right, like exactly. Husband in that. Yep. Yeah, he's always like – he just pops up. So I thought he was a good fit here because – he wasn't someone that I really recognized as like a certain character. He just he played the part, and I really believed it. And he was really like he was he's that paranoid teacher that is wants to get get back at the kids. Right, exactly. And backing up a little bit, when you are introduced to El Rooney, which is pretty much right after Ferris is getting ready to call Cameron, you're introduced to where he calls the mom and says he's been sick nine times. Yeah. And uh, Ferris uh, uses his computer because Jenny got the car. Ferris got the computer, and he changes from nine to two. And, of course, Ed sees this happen, and he calls Grace. And Grace uh, is played by oh my god grace is played by eddie mcclurk mcclurk yeah that's her. eddie mcclurk she is absolutely hilarious uh, she just plays the dumb stupid secretary but yeah. she always has good one-liners at the same time and uh i know her from tv shows but right off the bat 
Uh, I can't really think of anything that she was in. Um, let's see here. She was in small. Okay, so she was in Small Wonder. She was in WKRP in Cincinnati. Hogan Family. Uh, so a lot of lot of. Uh, oh, also Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's the biggest okay. thing I know her from. Do a lot you know, of classics. Yeah, the, you know Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, right? Yes. And you know when Steve Martin goes to goes into and starts saying f the f word every single minute you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And she she's the one that uh <laughs> that he's yelling at so she's definitely good times so um after the george peterson scene obviously ed rooney goes to get sloan peterson and they go outside and the cool thing is when the nurse walks in sloan immediately puts on her coat like hello you got to try to make that look a little less obvious that you're yeah. leaving, you know. But I, I did enjoy that scene because it kind of lets you know as the audience that she knows what's going on. She knows she's going to have a good day. She just doesn't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. She seems like she seems like the girl next door with a twist kind of. Yeah, like a bad girl but a good girl. It's yeah, definitely. She's not like the druggy rebel type, but she definitely likes to go and have fun. Right, exactly. Uh, so, so Mr. P, or not Mr. Peterson, but Ed Rooney and Sloan are waiting outside, waiting for basically Ferris to show up. Ferris pretends to be Mr. Peterson, and she says this really nice thing to him about how nice and compassionate he is. Real funny scene. <laughs> and uh, when she comes up to him, he says, "Do you have a kiss for Daddy?" And when they kiss, obviously they kiss mouth to mouth, and tongue and the funny thing that Rooney says is so that's how they do it in their family this is kind of the point where you're like dude are you that stupid yeah you know <laughs> they uh, definitely they definitely downplay authority in this movie it's like it's supposed to make the kids look a little smarter and the the adults look a little dumber exactly but <laughs> it, but it works though because you're you're going along for the for the adventure you know it does and, the characters work well so you believe it exactly so of course Ferris is like uh, she's like, so what are we going to do? The question isn't what aren't we going to do. The question is what aren't we going to do? Mm-hmm. And then now Cameron is in the back of the car underneath the seat saying, please tell me we're not going to take the car home. Please tell me we're not going to take the car home. And that's when Ferris, again, looking at the audience, says, if you had uh, access to a ride like this, would you take it home right away? I don't think so. So then we get the good old uh, scenery of Chicago, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Good old downtown looks nice. Um they're having fun in the car driving. It's good times. So, uh, what kinda... is the um, what is the license plate on it say? It says nervous. Yeah, which uh, okay. What was the movie where um, the license plate is supposed to represent something? Oh, okay. uh, it's if you look at each license plate, each one represents a certain movie that John Hughes did. Uh, okay. Each person has their own specific license plate. Um, like one of them will be like the Breakfast Club. One of them will be Pretty in Pink, that kind That's of thing. Funny. Yeah. But I'm not sure exactly whose car says what, but I do know that I read that before, that each license plate. But Nervous, I'm not sure what Nervous um, – I don't Probably, think – So it's supposed to mean something. Yeah. Okay. But for sure the other ones you could totally tell when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's Breakfast Club. That's pretty in pink, you know, yeah. that that kind of thing. So, uh, who's Jeannie? Jeannie is Jennifer Grey. She's Jennifer Grey's character. Okay, yep. so her car says TBC for the Breakfast Club. Yep. Rooney's is 
four FBDO for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. And then they have, uh, it says the exception is Cameron's Ferrari, seen when Ferris pulls first pulls out of the garage, the license plate of which reads nervous. Yeah. I don't think it means anything. It doesn't mean anything, but it does make sense, though. I mean, he would be nervous with a car like that. Yeah, no, it, def- it represents his character, I guess. Yeah, good, <laughs> good times. Um, now, this is kind of where I say is the second part of the film. This is kind of where the adventure really starts. Um, not like Adventures of Babysitting, but where the day really starts to take off, where they go, they know that they kind of got to ditch the car. They can't just drive it around right. town. Right. Uh, you know, Ferris is thinking is you can just take the miles off by driving backwards. So, <laughs> of course, he doesn't want to put as much miles on as possible. So they take it to a good old uh, car parking lot place. Now, the guy uh, that comes out, you can tell he's real shady. The oh way, yeah, the way he looks, but he's real funny, and I love when Ferris is like, "Do you speak English?" And the guy's like, "What kind of country do you think this is?" And that's when Ferris looks at the camera with the little wink at you, like, "Duh, I should have known that." <laughs> and uh, and I love how Cameron doesn't want to give the car up. He's like, "You know, it could get scratched, it could get breathed on wrong, yeah. bird could crap on it." You know, I I flip and love that because you know he's slowly starting to uh, release a little bit, but he's still paranoid. You know, he's very he's very sheltered. So being sheltered, you're very paranoid, you know. Yeah, he put I like how Alan Ruck plays it too. He's kinda like he looks everywhere but at Ferris when he's saying everything and he's like really like he's delivering he delivers his line as well. Exactly. Um so yeah, that is good time. So of course what uh, they don't see is after, you know, he Ferris pays him extra money to take care of the car. He drives off in the background, and you see his little buddy jump in. I swear his buddy is Damon Wayans. I don't. I know. was just about to look him up because yeah, he definitely looks. Uh, he looks really uh, familiar to me. Yeah, he look. I mean, you don't actually hear him talk. I don't think, but it looks just like Damon Wayans. I'll tell you. So, all right. So after they, you know, they get the car as they think the car is situated. That's when he starts on couple different things um they go to sears tower which is a pretty mm-hmm. cool scene uh i've been to sears tower um it still looks the same as it does stand. it's actually not called the sears tower anymore i forgot what they called it but um that was that was good times um they go to the stock exchange and my friend worked at the stock exchange so this scene is pretty cool for me because when i went to his work with him one day i was like oh my god i feel like i'm ferris bueller's day off that's how it really <laughs> is Real cool. crazy how um, how those guys are, but I really love the little talk they have here about Ferris wanting to get married to Sloan, and uh, like right. you know, give me a couple good reasons why would it not be a good idea, and uh, you know, besides being a cheerleader and youngest kid in school having a husband, give me <laughs> one good reason why not, and that's when you get good old Cameron. I'll give you two good reasons: my mother, and my father. <laughs> I, I I love that scene where he talks about how they hate each other, uh, but it, he's flicking his little his cheek and he's doing that little bubble sound. Yeah, I absolutely love that as he's telling this story. I flip and love how he does it. It's so like subtle, but it works. I really I really dig that. That's kind of where Cameron's starting to loosen up a little bit at this point in the game. So um, one of the one of the funnest scenes is where they end up going to a restaurant. And that's when you get the good old infamous Abe Froman of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is they go to this restaurant and 
Ferris looks on the menu to see – well, I should say the guest list, and he automatically picks Abe Froman. Doesn't know who he is but just says, you know, I'm the party of Abe Froman. You're Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. And that's when Ferris tries to play cool and be like, yeah, that's me. Um, I love the fact how this scene plays out. Uh, what do you think of the Abe Froman scene? Uh, yeah, this one's good. It's just more classic Ferris, how he's trying to wheedle his way into some place. And the other two are just standing there. And they obviously look like they don't belong in some place like that, where you have to take reservations in the front. And they're dressed up in their little 80s get-ups and Cameron's in his jersey. Yep. It's, it, it just it works. It's funny. It, and then it they, does. Because uh, they think they're going to... like. Ferris is totally 100% committed to his little scheme, and he thinks he's going to pull everything off. Yep. And what I really enjoy is how they pull this off because, you know, he's like, I'm going to call the police. He goes, fine, I'll call the police myself. And uh, <laughs> I love it when Ferris says to the screen, he goes, A, you can never go too far, and B, if I'm going to get busted, it's not going to be by a guy like that. And uh, the way they pull this off is by Ferris pretended to actually call the restaurant so mm-hmm. he could be placed on hold so when the guy goes to check the other line he can put sloan on and then sloan will pretend to be somebody else and when she says i'm asking for abe froman and that's when uh he's like can you describe him for me please and when he gives ferris description he's sunk in the hole and realizes it's <laughs> yeah. great it really is him and i really enjoyed the dialogue in this scene how he says you know we can tolerate people like yourself because you're so rude you know mm-hmm. really good scene so um, at this point, this is when Cameron is really loosening up because Ferris is now in the bathroom, you know, talking about how much uh, he, you know, he loves Sloan and stuff. But he's also talking about um, Cameron, how doing a day like this is not only good for him, but it's good for Cameron because yeah. it helps him because his house is like a museum. You can't touch anything. It's very cold. You know, he's not physically abused, but he's emotionally abused by his father. And trying to get him out to break him of that is something that he feels really good about. You know, this is kind of where you start to see the vulnerability of Ferris. But -hmm. it's only really in this scene that you really see that he's caring more about somebody else than himself. Yeah, I think that definitely speaks something about the character. They they chose not to give Ferris this kind of, like, vulnerability. They gave it, like... They gave it to Cameron, and then Ferris feels it for him, so it shows that he's apathetic. Right. So I enjoyed that about – they definitely like – it still would have been a fun movie without this undertone of emotional abuse. But it kind of gives it more of a – like a deeper meaning and a – like a reason – a more of a reason to watch and see what happens. Right. I mean John Hughes – I mean it's like Breakfast Club is a very hard – like a very drama. You know there's very little comedy in there. You know um, the only comedy relief you have is Bender. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this movie tried to be fun. Um, as much as it could, but also have that some seriousness, some seriousness in it. Uh, you know, Home Alone. Home Alone tries to be fun, but also has a lot of deep undertones as well. Yeah. So it really depends on, um, you know, John Hughes is really balanced in each of his films. Plane Trains and Automobiles, I would say, is 50% comedy and 50% like drama, you know, right. sadness, you know, I mean, Plane Trains and Automobiles is an excellent film, uh, but it's really sad in a lot of different parts. And I really dig the writing. I mean, he has excellent writing. His writing is very well balanced. 
Uh, the script is great. The dialogue is great. I mean, yeah. This movie is amazing. Um, but uh, the funny thing is, is as Ferris is talking to us about Cameron and he's leaving the bathroom, his dad comes out. Yes. Now, you have to assume that Ferris wasn't actually in reality talking and so his dad would hear him. It's just for the movie because he's breaking the fourth wall, you know. Right. Uh, but of course, when they're about ready to leave, his dad is outside. And of course, his dad's so dumb, doesn't realize Ferris is behind him. And he goes, we are, you know, Cameron's like, we're busted. He goes, they'll never take, you know, Ferris basically has the they'll never take me alive attitude. And the cab scene is absolutely hilarious where they have to flag down a cab. And uh, the cab they were going to get takes off and they end up taking his dad's cab. <laughs> and then the cab pulls up right as Ferris is leaving. Absolutely love that. It's great. Um, so and pretty much right after that, they're stuck in traffic a couple minutes later. And uh, right across the you know right across from them being in traffic is the dad Mm -hmm. and uh the only way that they can pull this off is to have sloan make some gestures at him right (laughs) so i i flip and love i love that scene the art museum scene i really dig a lot because it's kind of the comedy at this point is toning down and you get really good music what do you think of the of the art museum scene um, I like it. I don't remember it as much. I'm trying to remember exact details from what happened. I remember like the kids and stuff walking around, and Ferris is like, they're all holding hands with the kids, like going through the place, and they're they're seeing all the different pictures, which is funny. It's like, what are you gonna do on your day off? They go to an, a museum. It's like they could have done that one on a school trip. So it's like it's funny their choice of uh, vacation spot. <laughs> Right. The Art Institute scene I like just because I've been there before. But the thing I really like is the music that they're mm-hmm. playing during this scene because it's kind of like you're being – it's kind of the calm before the storm of the rest of the movie that's going to happen because yeah. the scene is going to be the, the twist and shout scene as I like to say. But uh, I really like the paintings that they show because you know they show Ferris and, and Sloan kissing and then you just see Cameron just staring at – the famous picture, yes. Sunday afternoon in Island of La Grande Jatte or something like that. Yeah, like like I just refamiliarized with myself with the scene again, and yeah, I remember now like Cameron's standing there and he's like trying to trying to look at the picture with the little boy, and the it's like a face it's a face that has no face, so it's like yeah, it kind of represents Cameron in a way, so yeah. it has that like we said it has that background deeper meaning to it, but it's also fun like his like Cameron's own face the way he's looking is kind of funny Mm -hmm. they keep going back and forth so yeah I do like this scene yeah it's good times so let's talk about the infamous I would say this is probably the most famous part of the movie the twist and shout scene um I you know the George Peterson scene I love I I think it's hysterical but I mean hands down this is by far the greatest scene of the whole movie twist and shout um, the twist and shout scene is is infamous, but before Ferris actually sings um, twist and shout, which he obviously doesn't sing, he's just lip singing. Yes. He does not shame. Now, obviously, this would never happen in real life, uh, being in a parade and you somehow just show <laughs> up and you're lip singing. Uh, but I really, you at this point in the game, you're going with it. You're like, Ferris has done all this to this point. He could somehow figure out a way to show up and lip sync in a flipping car- in a parade. 
Yeah, no one's no one's going after him, and there's a bunch of people starting to dance along. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when when he busts down in the twist and shout, oh man, you have everybody in Chicago just going crazy. Yeah, uh, there's, there's pedestrians on stairs, the people on the street, there's construction workers <laughs> doing doing the dance number. And uh, I, I love the fact in EZA, they call that scene out where they say, just for once, I want to do a magical number that has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> you know, I, I really love how they call that out. And, uh, and, and Matthew Broderick was really, really scared to do this scene. You know, he practiced a lot and everything, but this is probably the scene he said was so terrifying to him. That's funny. And it ended up being the most rewarding probably from this movie. Yeah. Uh, and let me just say that the Beatles' Twist and Shout is my favorite Beatles song, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. So, <laughs> What about you? What's your favorite Beatles song? I do not like the Beatles, which I'm probably committing blasphemy right now. Awesome. But I'm prob- I am the only one in the world I know I probably don't not like them. <laughs> that. They, uh, they always have them on at my part-time job at the beer store, and... They they always they try like the guy Bryce who plays them always uh, tortures me and he knows it. <laughs> hey, I I'm not a Rolling Stones fan. I like uh, can't get no satisfaction. The Beatles. Mm-hmm. I thought I always think they're too overrated myself. Yeah, I mean I know I'm, all their songs, but I like if I had a choice to listen or not, I wouldn't. But yeah, hey, you know, in a movie like this, it's fun times. I like to it's it goes along with what's what everyone's doing. So. I agree with you. I'm sure a lot of people hate me now because I, I am not a fan of the Beatles. I mean, I respect the Beatles for what they did. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. But I just can't. I can listen to certain songs, no problem. Mm-hmm. But I would say 90% of their collection of music, I, I just can't get into. It's not Okay, so you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Twist and Shout, though, is, is excellent, excellent. Now, um, so it's a pretty good long scene. I mean, obviously the whole length of Twist and Shout, it's a pretty pointless number. I mean, even the dad uh, sure. is up there dancing along. But at this point, you're really having fun with Ferris. And you're like, man, this guy can do anything. And uh, in the meantime, you kind of get the little small adventures of Mr. Rooney. Um, this is kind of where <laughs> it stops being uh, funny. It starts turning dark uh, because Mr. Rooney's off campus trying to find Ferris. He goes to a local restaurant. Um, well, before he goes to the restaurant, it's kind of like a restaurant slash video game place. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they had, you know, in that time period, they had a lot of that where it was like a hot dog hamburger place, but it also had video games over on the other side. Yeah. So Ferris thinks he found, or Mr. Rooney thinks he found Ferris. Turns out being a girl, the girl spits soda in his face, and. Uh, that's when he goes over to clean his face, and uh, you actually on the TV see Ferris and Cameron and Sloan at the Cubs game mm-hmm. because the guy um, hits it out of the not really hits it out of the park, but hits it towards Ferris, and Ferris actually catches it with his they hand. Get on, yeah, right. they get on the jumbotron. <laughs> exactly, and the cool thing is, is Mr. Rooney misses this because of the fact he's trying to clean his face from the soda, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a real stupid line of, uh, so. Uh, What's the score? Nothing to nothing. Who's winning? And the guy's like, the Bears. You know? <laughs> Real funny stuff. So Mr. Rooney um, goes to Ferris's house. And when he knocked, when he actually rings the doorbell, you hear Ferris's voice. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've never seen the film, you're like, how did Ferris do that? Ferris is at the Cubs game. How is he possibly at home talking? 
Well, that's when you realize he has a tape recorder. You remember those, right? A tape? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, when I was young, they had them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? When I was young, they had 8-track, man. It was crazy. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Cassettes. I remember with cassettes, when you buy a cassette, if you didn't tighten the wheel, mm-hmm. it would get stuck in your Walkman, oh, and then you'd have your tape would be ruined. You'd have to go buy a new one if you didn't, if you never tightened it up when you first played it i'll never yeah, get that. so sensitive though i used to think cds were bad but yeah right um but anyways uh he goes to the house and and ferris says who is it and that's when you get this really cool recording which he doesn't realize it's a recording till after he hits the doorbell again here's it twice yeah exactly um this at this point it kind of starts to get dark because rooney's like i need to break in the house mm-hmm. you're like ooh, a principal breaking into a student's house that's kind of dark you know um so he we kind of have funny adventures of him you know trying to his foot goes in the mud and just a couple different funny scenes happen but yeah. the, the biggest thing is when he actually finds a doggy door which it's a doggy door hello <laughs> mr rooney sticks his head through it and you see this good old killer dog which you didn't know ferris had a dog i know i didn't i know no, i didn't <laughs> yeah so the dog obviously goes after rooney and chases him around the yard real hilarious stuff and in the meantime jenny which let me just say uh she has a day off too she's ditching school she comes home <laughs> yeah i mean she's never goes to class she's there She's always in the background. She's there when Sloane's getting picked up, mm-hmm. you know, by by Ferris and and Cameron, and she's there wanting to know where Mr. Rooney is, and you know she's ditching class. She goes home. I mean, she has just as much of a day off as Ferris, except she's not doing fun <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? So I always thought that that was hilarious. Um, so she she actually goes home because she thinks, okay, once she realizes Ferris wasn't in gym, she's like, he's got to be home. And that's kind of where it becomes um, real funny is she'll go up the stairs and she kicks open Ferris's door and the mannequin pops up yeah. that, that was originally there before. Because before Jeannie came home, the mom came home because she kept hearing nine times. And she opened the door slowly and that's when you got the introduction of the tape recorder and the mannequin because with the trophy and the string, when you would open the door, it would be a weight that would turn the mannequin over and he had sleeping music going on. So that worked. You know, that scene really worked very well. You know, in case somebody came home, Ferris was covered. It's actually a pretty intricate little yeah. ploy to set up i don't know if i'd be able to set that up in my house <laughs> yeah right i hear you I, I could never pull that off but uh when genie comes home she kicks open the door and that just blows <laughs> the plans up when the mannequin comes up so she gets the bright idea that uh she's gonna call her mom you know and of course her mom's not there and uh that's when she hears uh rooney rooney's in the house yeah because somehow he – what he does is he actually gets the dog to go to sleep because he calls flowers. Uh, but the flowers are some – they don't actually say what kind of flowers they are, but they're flowers that would make an animal go to sleep basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he gets in the house, Jeannie hears him thinking that it's fair. She thinks it's – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I flip in – still to this day, when I see this scene, I die laughing. 
uh, the scene where they jump out at each other and she kicks him in the face and yeah. she's screaming up the stairs as he in slow motion is falling down. She kicks him like multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Here's my dumb question. How is it Jeannie didn't know it was him? I have no – I guess when you're all amped – I mean I would never – I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in my house and some stranger. Like she knows it's someone she doesn't – like who, who doesn't belong. Right. So I guess it's just the adrenaline of everything. I, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where you don't – I mean I've done tons of things where I'll be holding something and I won't really know what I'm holding or I'll be looking at something but I won't really know what I'm looking at. Mm. I guess it's one of those things where it's just the adrenaline of everything. Right. It's a little it it's a little funny, but it's something that you can kind of uh, suspend your disbelief for. Yeah, yeah. And I it, mean, with everything else going on in this movie. Exactly. Um, so after after she she does that, she's actually calling the cops, and uh, they the cops think it's a phony phone call. Yeah. And the cops know who Ferris is because kind of a running gag is that everybody knows that Ferris is sick. So they're trying to collect money for him. Um, they have little signs up on the water tower, save Ferris. <laughs> yeah. You know, real it, – it's absolutely hilarious, you know. Um, and that's kind of the running gag is the, is the cops like, I hope, you're, I hope your son's doing better, you know. And But, yeah, it's real funny when um, the cops think that uh, that it's a phony phone call and she's like, great. And then she hears um, she hears a doorbell. So she goes downstairs thinking that it's the cops, and it turns out to be this nurse singing this real sexual song, real <laughs> hilarious, and which I'll play you guys that clip because it's absolutely hilarious. And then she slams the door, and in the meantime, Mr. Rooney, not knowing, you know, um, Mr. Rooney wakes up, and he's gonna go clean his nose, and that's when Jeannie, through the uh, little announcer. So Jeannie actually announces to Mr. Rooney that she knows that he's in the house. Uh, well, that she doesn't know who he is, but that I know that you're in the house. I have my father's gun and I have a raging case of herpes. <laughs> I thought that, of course, as a kid, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I think it's hilarious now. Yeah, it's kind of like it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's kind of dark humor. It's good times. And uh, Mr. Rooney's car is being towed away, uh, which is real hilarious. Um so that's kind of – you don't see Mr. Rooney anymore for a little while. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Charlie Sheen scene. Um, good old Charlie Sheen. And, you know, I love Charlie Sheen, especially his older movies. You know, I've talked about him before. The crazy Charlie Sheen of today, not so much a big fan of. No. But, um, the, Jeannie basically gets arrested for the prank phone call. And uh, she's sitting next to uh, Charlie Sheen, who's playing a drug addict. And they have really good conversation together uh, because it's really one one line to each other, kind of how much they, you know, they're immediately the opposites attract, they hate each yes. other kind of thing. Um, what are your thoughts on the Charlie Sheen scene? I didn't know he was going to pop up in it. But then again, it's an 80s movie, so I should have I uh, suspected it. But I think it's funny. He looks like the original like edward from twilight he looks so funny his, <laughs> his hair is sticking up he looks pa he looks paler than pale and he's in the leather jacket the whole rebel back then it's it's really funny like you said they have one-liners and just the way jennifer gray reacts and her facial expressions it's a good 
it's good times. Yeah, it, it's very good times. And uh, I'll play a clip of, of those two in a minute. But I, I really dig this scene because Jeannie, at this point, you know, she's probably as mad as she's ever been. And uh, by the end of this scene, she's going to be a happy camper. Yes. But before we get to the end of the scene with uh, with her, because they'll show her later, it's kind of the main the main um, character development with Cameron, because they go to pick up the car, the Ferrari, yeah. and by the time they're on their way home, they realize that uh, hundreds of miles have been added to the odometer, <laughs> hundreds of miles that they did not put on, and they freak out, and I should say Cameron freaks out has a big panic attack, and he actually goes catatonic. Mm-hmm. So the, for about a good 15 minutes, um, that's when Ferris talks about how they're going to be not seeing each other anymore. And uh, he was serious about marrying Sloan. He wants to marry her. But uh, what's he going to do You know, when all three of them kind of go their separate ways? So it's a really good scene. It, it's kind of the serious part of the film. Yeah. But uh, Cameron at this point, um, after he gets out of his canatonic state, he's finally going to build up the nerve to confront his dad mm-hmm. because Ferris is just like, you know, we can crack the speedometer and, and roll it backwards. And that's when Cameron gets mad and he's like, screw it. And he starts kicking the car. He beats the crap out of it. <laughs> beats the living crap out of it. Now, I really hope they didn't use the real Ferrari <laughs> this scene. Uh, I just hope it was good camera work is what I'm hoping. Yeah. Got well, while we're speaking of the Ferrari, I just want to rewind a little bit. to the. It's I love when the, uh, the two garage attendants are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. joyriding. And for some, I have no idea why they chose it, but they have the Star <laughs> Wars music playing while they're slow-mo flying over a hill. It's hysterical. It, hysterical. That's why I thought it was Damon Wayne's because yeah. when they jump over and they put a close-up on his face, I'm like, wow, it's Damon Wayne's. Oh my gosh. I don't know why they used the Star Wars music, but it's funny. Exactly. It, yeah, it's definitely a very lighthearted love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. The The Ferrari takes a crapper yep. um, and he decides he's not going to be afraid anymore. He's going to stand up to his dad. Um, he's sick of his dad loving his car more than him. And the final blow is he puts his foot on it and it goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, flying out a two-story window will kill a car. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I really enjoy how the whole episode, like I just said, they used Star Wars music, they had the Beatles, Twist and Shout. But this scene, they didn't have – they chose not to use any music. And I exactly. thought that was a good choice. It was really subtle, but you kind of notice that it is silent when – everything happens and they kind of look at it around you're right you only hear glass and you only hear nature you hear the birds you hear you know the 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 leaves blowing on the trees real real effective yeah really enjoy that you're right it's very very good i really dig that um ferris offers to take the blame because his dad hates him anyways (laughs) and this is where cameron's like you know what i'm me and him we're just gonna have a good little chat and what i really like is how they end Cameron, how they play the real happy music, they show him smiling, and they put the camera close up on his face, and they just leave it there for like a good two or three seconds. Yeah, no matter, it seems like no matter what happens in his future, the story of now, of what he, like his whole progression, is pretty much concluded. So I liked how they did that. Exactly. Which is kind of why I mean, like he's kind of the glue of the story. It's like yeah. you need to know that Cameron's going to be okay, and he's he's come from being a very 
depressed, um, very scared individual to now um, not afraid to take a stand for what he believes in. And which is way more than Ferris ever dealt with in the film. But you still oh, yeah. love Ferris, but Cameron is really the shining light of this film. No yeah, yeah. Ferris seems more of like the catalyst for Cameron in ways. Yeah, so. ex- exactly. So the last 20 minutes or so is just a good time of uh, Ferris trying to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know... He, when Sloan said, you think Cameron's going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, Cameron's going to be fine. He looks at the watch, realizes he's got six minutes to get home. And you get this real crazy, awesome music playing. He is um, a good urban urban sprinter. I can tell you that. He's oh, running through yeah. yards. and. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He goes through people's houses. He grabs their <laughs> beer. The only scene that I thought was stupid is when he passes the two girls and okay. he goes back. It's like if you love Sloan, why would you go mess right. You know, I, I guess I guess it goes with the whole like stopping time. Nothing. Uh, there's like this can wait because even though there's a time limit, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's kind of it's just kind of like that, totally de- out of act- character. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't it goes against what we just saw the whole time of the movie, but but yeah, the rest of it's great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the only time I felt that was out of character for Ferris to do that. I mean, it's a nitpick, but it's a valid nitpick because of the fact of why would it, you do that? It wouldn't be that bad if he just if he didn't profess his love for Sloan like right. half the half the movie because I could see definitely Ferris's character like going, "Hey, look, you girls, let me stop and look." But he but he just went through the whole progression of telling Sloan that he wants to be with her and all that, but exactly good point um so uh real cool stuff is um genie at this point uh you know she's real happy after seeing charlie sheen you know they they end really good but um she has to drive home um Mm -hmm. take because the mom was so mad she had to come down to the police station she was going to go buy ferris a car but she can't do that. And uh, Jeannie actually comes in contact with Ferris. Now, this is what I mean by the mom is stupid. Yes. When, when she slams on the brakes and her papers go all over, I could see her not looking. But why would she just stand there or just sit there trying to put her papers together and not look in front of her or see why Jeannie stopped? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The, again, it's a nitpick, but it's it always bugs me. I'm like, dude, when you stop, aren't look you going to look ahead and see why they slammed on their brakes, you know? Uh, but overall, I love the ending here. And uh, when Mr. Rooney um, finally thinks he gets his way because Ferris has made it home right before his parents are about ready to walk in, yeah. tries to grab the spare key. Spare key's not there because Mr. Rooney has it and basically threatens him and says, you know what? I caught you. I went through all this crap, but I caught you. You're now going to be back, held back another year. And this is where Jeannie comes to the rescue. Saves the day. Saves the day. Opens up the door and basically blackmails him and says, you know what? I have your wallet, which I know that you're the one that broke in. Um, she saves the day by saying, can you believe Ferris just got out of the hospital? <laughs> a guy like that being so sick. You know, I, I really dig how Jeannie's character also. not She didn't have nearly as much character development as Cameron. But I really like how she changed her idea of Ferris just because of the – with Charlie Sheen actually really and it helped turn things around and see that her brother really isn't so bad you know so um good stuff so the best part though is the ending when he says it twice life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while you can miss it Mm -hmm. and I use that line all the time 
It's a very subtle, effective line, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely. It's very poignant. Yeah. So what do you think of the overall ending? I enjoyed it. And then um, I think it it fits the movie. I don't think it was something that was like unexpected or something that was like disappointing to the entire movie. I think it played well. Exactly. Like I said, I enjoyed the whole genie blackmail thing. And I think, yeah, it's she doesn't have as much character progression, but she, there definitely is a change in her. So I like that because it doesn't leave, it seems to not leave any characters out. Yep. And uh, and when you think the movie's over, um, you see it's Mr. Not. Rooney walking back, um, trying to walk back and the bus, the bus, the school bus pops up <laughs> and says, you want to come for a ride? And that's when you see the students see, oh, my God, what happened to Mr. Rooney? And the best part is when he sits next to the girl and pulls out the nasty worm, gummy yeah. <laughs> worm. That's just like, it's nice and warm. I sat on it. You know, kind of. Ugh, it's disgusting. And he looks over and sees the save Ferris. Uh, good times. And then you think the movie's over because they play the credits. But actually, after the credits, did you see after the credits where Ferris shows up? Yeah, he does more of the breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, he's like, you're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. You know, and goes back into the bathroom. So Yeah. So I guess the question is, sir, is not the fact, did you like it? The question is, are you going to give this movie a perfect score? Uh, it's hard because, like, I don't know if I'd – I definitely – it has rewatch value for me. I don't know if it's a perfect movie for me. Like like we've said, there are a couple inconsistencies and stuff. But for, And nostalgia factor, I didn't see it when I was, like, younger. I saw it more recently Right. when I was older, and I know it's an older movie. So there are some of those time things that we talked about earlier. It's not timeless for someone like me. Right. But So I don't think it hits at home as much as it does for someone a little older than me. But I definitely give it, like, a – like strong 4.75 i don't think it's a perfect movie for me but it definitely is really up there i i would definitely say four and a half Mm -hmm. um no doubt about it i mean the movie the movie had a budget of five million made 70 uh million that's crazy it's obviously way more money now but um i would just say the fact of um it's it's almost perfect. Yeah, it def- almost is, like we said. It, it it works. The whole thing works. Yes, the whole thing works. Um, yeah, definitely four and a half stars, no doubt about it, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely recommend – I'm sure almost everybody's seen this movie, but this is definitely – you know, if you're going to watch a John Hughes film, most people would probably pick this, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, Home Alone, before yeah. they pick something real serious like, you know, The Breakfast Club. Some kind of wonderful I really, really enjoy, and a lot of people – never seen it or don't like it i don't I've, think i ever saw that one i've seen 16 candles i know that one of his some kind of wonderful has got eric stoltz leah thompson and mary um mary stewart masterson i believe is her name okay and uh, eric stoltz is basically um he's not really the he's kind of, he's like an art guy mm-hmm. and uh he is in love with him with leah thompson who is uh amanda jones she's like the most popular girl in school his okay. best friend is a tomboy played by mary uh mary masterson and uh the whole thing is she he's gonna he, she kind of says well i'll help you get her you know it's the typical you fall in love with your best friend yeah but it's got so much great storytelling and like casey jones from ninja turtles is in it he plays like okay. a skinhead and he's awesome 
absolutely awesome. And it's one of my all-time favorite John Hughes films. It's a very um, unappreciated film, and I really, really dig it. So, um, I, But I, I definitely watch that more often than the more dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller is definitely always a good time. So, Yeah, it was um, – before we wrap up the discussion, it was kind of interesting. We were talking about Charlie Sheen, and then I noticed in there's like a trivia page on the IMDb for this movie. Yeah. And it says his brother Emilio Estevez actually turned down the role of Cameron for the movie. So that would have been – I'm trying to. I know, like Alan Ruck played it great, so I'm trying to think of how Emilio Estevez would have been in the role. Yeah, and you know, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez got together for Men at Work, and that movie's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Charlie Sheen and Jennifer Grey actually worked together, I believe, the same year when they did um, Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Yes, I was actually. Well, yeah, that, that's another topic, but I want. I definitely want to tackle that movie eventually. Yeah, definitely. So, um, as the last time you were on, we talked some Transformers Two, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming out soon on Blu-ray DVD. I think it's at the end of the month, but it's only going to be like a one disc set. The main features and stuff don't come out for another couple more months. So I'm definitely going to hold off on that. Uh, but the last time we talked on the Transformers thing, um, I said that uh, you know every time we get together, yes. I said that uh, you know next time we get together. I'll pick a movie, so I pick Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then I said the next time you would pick a movie. Yes. Uh, but obviously we don't know when we're going to get together next, so it's going to be whenever we can, we can do it. So mm-hmm. what's the movie that you were picking for me to watch next time? We actually – it was just mentioned to, like a couple minutes ago. I definitely want to do Red Dawn. It's uh, like an awesome 80s movie, and I just – I love it. Like That one I've seen over and over again. So. Okay. I have only seen it once. Mm-hmm. And I was very young when I saw it, so I would actually be happy to see that. Good. Because um, I really dig the people in it, Jennifer Grey, Charlie Sheen. It has a good um, cast. Patrick Swayze, um, good times. So I'm, I'm, I know there was going to be a remake, but they never went through with that. Yeah, so. there, was, uh, there were talks about it. I didn't know if it was still in the works or they just scrapped it. But we can mention that in the next episode. But yeah, definitely Red Dawn's my pick. So Good deal. All right. So uh, we will definitely do Red Dawn the next time we get together. So mm-hmm. um, overall, I had a blast talking some Ferris Bueller's Day Off, sir. It was good times. Definitely. I love this movie. So it was fun fun to finally get to do it. I think it was, uh, it was worth the wait. Yeah. And um, for those um, – you know, I, I know that uh, you said you haven't got into any recent podcasts lately, but you mentioned how you wanted to listen to the 50th episode of Show Me the Winston. Ah, uh, yeah, they have their two-parter I just oh, downloaded. It was epic, man. I was there the whole time. It was three hours. That's and awesome. We had some good, good times, man. And me and Stars at the end of it were the only ones left. I think there was one more person, and we were like going, we were going off on each other in the chat. It was hilarious. Yeah. The- and- that, that group of people is so funny. I love those guys. Oh, yeah. It was good times. And um, so, yeah, it, it was a big party over there. I, I had an absolute blast. Uh, yeah, I, I love those group of guys. They're great. Yeah. It's, it's, they sound like a blast on the podcast and then off the podcast. They're a bunch They're a bunch of fun. So Yeah, it is good times. And uh, did you know Doomcast is back in full force? Yeah, I saw that. They uh, they popped back up. I know um, – I think they had, what, like a four-co-host uh, session previously yeah it, it was good times um okay so tempest oh, i i heard about i heard you had an email in there but i'll let you say what you were going to anyway <laughs> <laughs> um okay so all right 
this this is kind of funny. Um, yeah, I had an email on there, and uh, you know, obviously, I talk to stars, Jason and Ty all the time. Tempest, mm-hmm. I've never talked to, but I, I really, you know, I've listened to all the other shows and stuff. Okay. Um, so he does he doesn't know who I am, you know. And uh, when we were, I was talking about if Ty had played Batman Arkham Asylum. Okay. And when I mentioned that Batman Arkham Asylum is my favorite game. Tempest said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Masunas isn't that old. Uh, he thought that I was kind of young. And when mm-hmm. Ty told him how, how old I was, he's like, wow, that's your favorite game after 30 years plus <laughs> of video games and stuff? Well, Jason, being the good guy he is, tried to stick up for me. Well, he, what he says, though, uh, he said Masunas is stuck in a time capsule and he doesn't watch <laughs> anything past the 80s. Now, sir, I love you and all, but seriously, you know that's not true, okay? I watched 90s, I watched 2000s. I mean, I've I've gone to the theater, I've reviewed new movies on the show. I don't just do 80s movies. I mean, granted, my show is named after an 80s movie. I love the time period of the 80s and 90s. But, I mean, for my next movie, for Bruce Willis, I'm doing Armageddon, and that came out in, like, awesome. 2007, you know? So I'm just like, that statement was only half true. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I just want to throw it out there for people. I am not. I am in a time capsule, but it's a time capsule that's open, okay? All right? I walk in and out of that time capsule a lot. So they they definitely know? get a kick out of teasing you. Yeah, I know. I'm like the, I'm like the little brother or the friend that you got to mess with, you know? Yeah, I, you're, you're definitely the brother podcaster. Yeah, I, I get it. It's all good. <laughs> but, you know, Tempest, though, he – I don't know if he knew that. So I, I'm emailing in to Doomcast on that. You know, right. Ty, Ty calls me a loser because I have a PS3. But he's a loser because he has Xbox 360 and those things crash all the time. So, I, guess, I, guess I'm a, I guess I'm a double loser. I got both. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good, right? Yep. So, yeah, and Stars, of course, she just, you know, she just sat back and, and listened. So, I, I mean, I appreciate Jason all, you know, sticking up for me and stuff. But I just had to say the time capsule thing, that's only half true. You know? it, was, uh, it was that I heard and the other funny thing was on – uh, I think it was Film and Focus. They were teasing you about. I think it was it was your email, right? They were teasing you about um, that actress. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, Natalie so, Portman. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, so wait, you've listened to this or you heard this from I, other people? No, I heard the Film and Focus one, and I heard snippets of the Doomcast one when I was uh, when I was looking around to see what I had. Yeah, yeah, they were giving me crap because I said, you know, Natalie Portman has more range than Katie than Kate, Kate Winslet, which isn't true, obviously. I but. understood both sides of what happened. Yeah. Like, I understand that you like it was a wrong wording of it, and then I understood what they were coming out with too. Yeah. So it was kind, of, it was really funny to listen to. Yeah, it, it's always funny. I I thought it was hilarious. You know, I, it's always a blast to to email in the film and focus and have Danny rip on me. You know, it, it's all good times. So yeah, no, it just shows that you guys get along, and it's like it, it's fun. Yeah, you kind of have that rapport with them. So yeah, it's all good. So and uh, in October. Uh, it's going to be the October Fest, so uh, okay. Ty and Stars are coming on so we can review The Crow. So that's going to be awesome. Um, hopefully Jason can show up too. It's going to be good times. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween with Halloween 2, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, not the H2 Rob Zombie trash. And then sure. uh, and then hopefully talk some zombie games or stuff. So it's going to be good times in October. Uh, the rest of this month I'm going to finish up with Action Heroes. Um, 
at the same time of this episode will be the Stallone episode of Tango and Cash, okay. but also doing a tribute to Stallone. And then after that, I'm going to do Steven Seagal. Um, I did decide I'm going to do Van Damme after all, um, even though I did Bloodsport. Before I started the Action Hero series, I'm going to talk Time Cop um, because Bloodsport and Time Cop are kind of a tie for favorite movie, and I want to tribute to Van Damme. And then finally, I'm going to finish it off with the one and the only The Rock. So. Awesome. You know, he's had a, he's had enough action flicks that I got to end September with my boy Dwayne. Dwayne, we're yeah. on a first name basis together. We're good friends. So because he's gonna be in GI Joe two coming up, it's gonna be good times. But yeah, that's gonna be the um, the action hero for the rest of September. October will be the horror fest, so it's gonna be good time. So yeah, it sounds like fun. So all right, sir, do you have anything um, you wanted to say before we sign off for the night? Um, just that uh, eventually I. Just want to put it out there that eventually we'll get Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2 out there. But I'm going to leave that one for a rainy day since you guys got a schedule all loaded up and everything. So I just wanted to let you guys know that it'll come one day. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yep. Maybe DVD day or something. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm I'm stoked for DVD day. But that, that's it's going to be nuts. <laughs> Good deal. And as far as Music Spotlight song goes, I'm just going to play a song. I'm not going to. I'll get okay. into that in the Stallone stuff. So, uh, again, sir, it was great having you on, as always. Um, hopefully next year we can get together again and talk yeah. to Red Dawn. <laughs> Thanks for waiting for me. Yeah, and I'm looking forward. Red Dawn's a fa- uh, favorite of mine. So Good deal. All right, well, this is uh, – this is you want to sign off, sir, and then I'll sign off? Uh, yeah, I don't really have anyone to contact me since I'm just usually popping in and out. So I guess I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for having me again. Yep, no problem. This is Misunis out. 